The reading is Luke 18, and it's verses 35 to 43, page 1053 of the Church Bible. A blind beggar receives his sight. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. is really strange. Okay. <laughs> Righty. Um, hello, good morning. I'm Claire, um, and I'm speaking on the passage today. I just realized when I was preparing my message, I used my Bible, and that's the New King James. So when I quote some of the Bible, it will be slightly different wording to um, the NIV version, I've just suddenly realized. But anyway, Anyway, what do we have up here? Yes, this amazing picture, which I feel sums up the story we're looking at today. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? That's a question we find in our reading today, and it's really personal. It's really compassionate, and it's amazingly striking because the words are spoken by Jesus. They're spoken by the Son of God, and the words position Jesus in the place of servant before a blind beggar. What do you want me to do for you? As we look through our passage today, we will see that this question and the story in which it is set provides a powerful example of the way of Jesus. There's nothing abstract here. There's nothing impersonal. The way Jesus goes about loving and saving the world is always relational. It's always particular and it's always local. So let's look together at this story. It begins, then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. Here we have a man found alone. He's marginalized, he's separate from the crowd. 
He sits while busy people pass by, absorbed in activity and thought. And the road, which could be a place of connection, is instead for him a place of solitude. What's even sadder is that he sat outside of Jericho. We know from the Old Testament that Jericho is the city the people of Israel reached at the end of their long exodus from Egypt. This city represents the entrance door to the promised land. But the blind beggar, he sat outside of the city. He sat outside of the promised land. Recalling Moses' words, which he spoke to the people as to how they were to live when they reached the promised land, he said, if there is among you a poor man, one of your brethren, in any of your towns within your land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your brother. The contrast between this desire of God spoken through Moses and the situation described by Luke is striking. For although this blind man was to be taken care of, we find him begging. He'd been driven outside of society and sat on a road. And while the passing crowd were not to harden their hearts or close their hands, this is precisely what they had done and what we find them doing. For as the blind beggar cries out to Jesus, the people rebuke him, trying to silence him. To them, this man has no right to speak. Look at him, what a fuss he's making. How dare he? The thing is, this man, he knows better than the crowd, and he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And hearing the cry, Jesus stops, for Jesus knows God's promises. Psalm 50 says, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you, you shall glorify me. When God heard the cries of his people who had been made slaves in Egypt, he promised to deliver them out and bring them to a land flowing with milk and honey. A thousand years earlier from the passage we're looking at today, Joshua had stood outside of Jericho, ready to witness that deliverance as the walls of Jericho fall down and they entered the promised land. And so too now, God hears the cry of this man and we see Jesus, like Joshua, standing on the outskirts of Jericho, ready to deliver this desperate blind beggar from his bondage. And the amazing thing is, just as God's deliverance was preceded by shouts in the days of Joshua, we hear in the book of Joshua, it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. So to hear, God's deliverance is preceded by the shouts of the blind beggar. Told to be quiet by the dismissive crowd, it says, but he cried out, he shouted out all the more. For today, today is the deliverance for this man. For deliverance is the work of God. Deliverance is the work of Jesus. As he says when he launches his public ministry, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus, you see, is not like the hostile crowd. He's not indifferent. He's never too busy. Jesus, who's actually on his way to Jerusalem, who's on his way to give up his life for the sins of the world by choosing to die on a cross for broken humanity, this Jesus, this same Jesus, stops at a time when his mind might be expected to be on his fate, Jesus takes time to notice, to listen, and to respond. And he still stops for the one. For as we've heard over the last few weeks, he is sold out to us individually, not just corporately. This blind beggar is the lost sheep. He is the lost coin. He is the lost son. And sympathetic to his plight, Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do? For since Jesus is from God and is God, not only does he want to help, but he can help. The sad thing is, so many people miss this. For notice, the seeing crowd recognized Jesus as merely Jesus of Nazareth. Luke's account reads, and hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. In human terms, you know, it's all right. His name is Jesus and he is from Nazareth. But from their description, we see that their spiritual condition is not what it ought to be. For at best, the crowd are happy to recognize Jesus as a prophet or great moral teacher. Back in Luke 9, Jesus had asked his disciples, who do the crowd say I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. They've some perception that God is at work in a special way in Jesus, but they lack the faith and understanding shown by our blind beggar today. For the blind beggar cries, Jesus son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David is a messianic term. It has to do with eternity. It has to do with divinity. He is the one appointed and anointed by God. The blind man acknowledges that Jesus is not a prophet, but he's the one prophesied of by the prophets, the one that God is sending to have mercy on people and to save them from their sins. How the blind man knows this, we're not exactly sure. But as Paul says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And no doubt sat by the roadside each day. He'd heard plenty about this Jesus fellow from Nazareth. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead rise. Stories of Jesus had traveled along this road, and while there was a lot of diverse opinion about him, the blind beggar, he'd come to his own conclusion, and he had chosen to believe. And so when he hears Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, his heart jumps with hope, and this broken, desperate man cries out, Jesus, Son of God, 
have mercy on me because he knows as the son of God, Jesus can help. And Jesus in compassion asks, what do you want me to do for you? This question is so powerful, not only because it encapsulates Jesus' heart as one ready to serve, but it's also powerful because through it, Jesus draws out this man's faith. For although this man cries, son of David, although he shows understanding of who Jesus is, we need only remember Peter, commended by Jesus in one moment, for his confession of Jesus as son of the living God. He fails in the next breath and is rebuked and chided by Jesus. And the problem is we've read, read this story so often that we're in danger of believing the question to be a little odd, a little confusing. I mean, come on, Jesus, can't you see? This man's blind, surely he wants his sight. But the man is not only blind, he's also a beggar. And when it comes to the crunch, what actually will he ask for? Does he want a handout, food or money? Or does he want a healing? You see, it's a risk for the blind beggar, isn't it? Because if this man, if this Jesus is not the Messiah, then he could end up with still no eyesight and no money. What do you want me to do for you then? Is a question depending on faith for an answer. And this man, he stakes his all when he chooses to respond, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus' response, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. For Jesus not only wants to help, Jesus not only can help, but Jesus does help. Receive your sight. Receive. The picture here is Jesus handing the beggar a gift and the blind man taking hold of it by faith. For what's being offered is more than healing. For the man who was blind, reduced to begging, pushed outside and spurned by a rebuking crowd, this man not only receives sight, but receives life itself. For we are told Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, glorifying God. This man begins to live eternal life in ordinary time. For eternal life is to worship God and follow Jesus. This man, formerly existing outside of the social circle, sets out behind the Lord and begins to be part of God's kingdom community. He's no longer an invisible part of society. This man is now at the very heart of it. And he senses that there's more to be gained in being with Jesus. He understands that his life isn't complete now just because he can see. Rather, it's just the beginning. And so we see him taking his newly received freedom and he chooses to follow Jesus. What do you want me to do for you then is so much more than a surface level, casual, genie in a lamp sort of have a wish. In reality, this is God in compassion opening up his world, his very being. 
to a man who is hopeless and helpless. In the book of John, John recounts Jesus' words. He says, this is Jesus, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me. That everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. And that's what we're seeing today in this passage. Although a beggar, he does not seek the satisfaction of natural bread, but seeks Jesus, the bread of life, such that he will never hunger again. And although blind, he sees the sun and believes, not with these, but in here. And he begins to fully live. For he follows Jesus as a disciple, praising God that the Messiah had come his way. And as he does, he awakens others to the Lord Jesus. For we are told, and immediately he regained his sight and began following him and glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. For what happens to the blind man makes it so that the people, that the crowd, also finally see. This man's participation with Jesus, this man's participation with the plan and purpose of God, encourages the crowd to praise. For God's healing doesn't simply restore the integrity of one human life, but it also heals the wider community. In the book of John, John recounts an exchange the disciples have with Jesus. They ask him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answers and says to them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. And isn't that what the blind beggar does? He didn't know Jesus would be passing by this day. He didn't know he was going to be used to awaken others to the Lord Jesus Christ. But God places this man at a providential point in his life. And this blind beggar gets to work a work of God by simply choosing to believe. That's why we must never underestimate the power of our belief in Jesus. For that faith, that trust, that believing, that itself is a gift from God and nothing from God is without power. There on a road outside Jericho, God comes to a man healing his blindness and granting him salvation. But it's in and through Jesus that this man believed, trusted and praised. Do you see it's the same way? It's Jesus. Jesus is the way God comes to us. And Jesus is the way we come to God. It's not even first one and then the other. It's both in some mysterious way, both at the same time. And the wonderful news today is, what do you want me to do for you? It's an offer that Jesus is still extending to us all. It's a question which is as fresh today as it was nearly 2,000 years ago. He's still opening up himself in love 
and grace to all comers. Our only part is to accept and to come believing. For as Paul will write later, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We have nothing in ourselves of any merit, for in a profound way, spiritually, we are all as this blind beggar was in the natural. Sometimes in our self-sufficiency, we believe we have need of nothing and need of no one. But we are deceiving ourselves, for as Jesus says in Revelation, you say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Our deepest need, whether we accept it or not, is to be in right relationship with God, and that's only possible through Jesus. And it's all a gift. Our story today simply started with one man recognizing and vocalizing his need, and it arrives at his personal encounter with Jesus. Just as the blind beggar listened to stories of Jesus sat on a road outside of Jericho, our sermon series over the past year has encouraged us to listen to stories of Jesus. The stories have shown us how he acts, how he talks, how he prays, how he loves, how he teaches, how he welcomes, how he listens, how he heals, and how he saves. These stories are an invitation for us to be confident that God in Jesus Christ wants to help us, can help us, and will help us. So, as Paul writes to the Hebrews, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. And if there's anyone here today who feels, you know, I haven't come like that blind beggar before Jesus. I never really expressed my need of him. Well, you know, just as Jesus passed by on this road, he's passing by today because he's in this place and he is ready to listen to your need and he is ready to meet your need. He's inviting you to come to him. I would just encourage you to accept his invitation. So please come down to the front, either during worship or at the end of our service, and just pray either by yourself or there'll be people here who would be more than delighted to pray alongside you. Because one thing is needful today, and that is him. <laughs>